This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Let's go back in time to 1932 as Converse brings you historic footage of the legendary original Celtics with whom all great professional teams are compared. We have now taken over your radio. Richie Guerin is about to show you the most important step in getting past a man. It's the first one. And Oscar will inbound it. The men in green, the Milwaukee Bucks, that's Al Cinder against Bellamy. Hello and welcome back to the Over and Back Classic NBA Podcast. I am Jason Mann and with me as always is Rich Crate. Rich, great to be back with you. Yes, indeed. We are, I think, what are we in the final stretches here of our top 50? And then we're going to finally reveal our new top 50. But yeah, we have a few more names to go over, a few more guys to go over. So uh, a little bit more work to be done, but but the the, the finish is almost there. It, I see the finish line. It, it, it's, it, it's near. <laughs> indeed. It's, it's been a journey, but we're, uh, we're glad to take it. It's been fun to uh, look at. It's up been awesome. I mean, it's... Yeah. We, we kind of took a risk with doing it as kind of our off-season thing of saying, like, hey, look, there's not much to do in the off-season. And I think it's been a, a, an unmitigated you know, success. It's been awesome. And I, I think people are loving it. And I, I can tell our growth numbers and all that sort of stuff and more people saying they're listening, more people into the thing. So, yeah, it, 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 it worked perfectly, exactly as we wanted it to do. So, Yeah, uh, Rich, I always like how optimistic you are about the show. Uh, on the podcast, I, I like how optimistic you are about the show every time. You know? I love it. Yeah, I just, you're, yeah. you're always so positive about how we're doing. <laughs> you know, uh, every show is the best show. You know, you're, you're not that positive offline. I don't think. No, I'm not. Yeah, and wrestling. I think it's because I do that wrestling podcast, and the whole time is just like, ah, I hate this. This all sucks. But like basketball, I still love. So there you that's go. Fine. It's not like I haven't become a jaded like smark of the basketball world yet. There you go. Well, fair enough. And now this thing just got really meta, and so just move on. All right, go we will move on in a we'll, different direction. We'll, we'll go <laughs> yeah. ahead and introduce our uh, guest. Then uh, returning to the program um, is uh, is Adam Cribbley. Adam, welcome back to the show. 
Thanks for having me. And uh, we are going to travel back um, even further than we've been going for most of these uh, top 50 uh, episodes, looking at the uh, top 50 players of all time. Uh, it is uh, it is Dan Issel. He was a power forward and center from 1971-1985. He played for the Kentucky Colonels in the ABA um, and then the Denver Nuggets for one year in the ABA and then the rest of his career in the NBA. Um, high ab- on top of the uh, Denver, Denver Nuggets uh, career uh, list in um, many categories, I guess the Colonels as well, since they didn't last too long. Uh, he is tw- overall ABA and NBA. He was he is twenty second in win shares, thirty fourth in win shares for forty eight, one hundred and twentieth in box score plus minus, ninety third in value over placement player. Those would not cover some of the very early years of his career. Um, if you look at just the NBA, he is one hundred and thirtieth in win shares and forty second in win shares for forty eight. Um, he is a one-time All NBA, oh, excuse me, All ABA first team player, and four times on the second team. He never actually made an All NBA team. Um, he had uh, ten seasons in the top ten in win shares per forty-eight. Four of those were NBA seasons, and then he had an ABA season where he was in the top ten in value over place and player. So uh, the, the bulk of his case is in the ABA, although he does have some – I think he has a pretty good NBA case. We kind of determined before that we were going to, to – to be considered for this, you needed to have a case based on your NBA numbers, and then the other things would sort of boost you up. So uh, he's kind of the test of that. Um, in um, the some of the other uh, rankings for uh, the Bill Simmons pyramid, he is 76th. And uh, for the Slam uh, Magazine 500, he is 106th. So, um, so Adam, um, what do you think about uh, Issel's top 50 case? Well, Issel was a was one of those, you know, very good, maybe not great players, who I think suffered from the fact that he was playing. You know, he was kind of out out of position as a power forward center, but in in Kentucky, he's he's kind of playing second fiddle to Artis Gilmore. He goes to Denver, he plays second fiddle to David Thompson, and then Alex, Alex English and Kiki Vandaway. And he always seemed to kind of be that that second or third player on some really good teams, but never never the exceptional teams. And he never, you know, never making an all-NBA first team, I think, is uh, first or second team is, I think, a, a mark against him, except for that, you know, he's playing behind, he, he's competing against Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Moses Malone and, and <laughs> later in his career against Akeem Elijah. I mean, he, you know, there's some pretty staunch competition for those top two uh top two teams so i think he's uh he's another as you know as with all of these guys you got you you've picked really an interesting discussion um uh again balancing aba and nba and looking at how the numbers maybe don't reflect what we what we think of him as a player yeah uh, um he you know he was a great shooter for um his size uh ran the floor well and he was uh, one thing about the fact that he was able to switch between power forward and center that was pretty rare at the time being able to kind of be do both and do both fairly effectively as you mentioned playing power forward um next to gilmore in kentucky and then um you know being an undersized center for uh, most of his uh, career um later on you know in the in the 80s um the the nuggets became you know very much the run and gun team um that they you know are kind of most famous for um and, and you know we're, they were those nugget teams generally were pretty good although you know obviously they they weren't great they didn't make it too far in the playoffs most times um you know he was incredibly durable he missed only uh 24 games in uh 15 seasons 
And, uh, you know, when he retired, he was fifth all time in the ABA NBA all time scoring list combined. And then he's he's 10th today still. I mean, that's I don't know yeah. that he's thought of as, you know, that level of player. But, you know, 10th all time in scoring is nothing to sneeze at. That was something that was really interesting. Yeah, I was watching a video, uh, just uh, something. It was like an NBA TV production or whatever. And that, that fact just completely caught me by surprise. They said, you know, they're talking about and he retired as, you know, the fifth all time. And I was just like, really? <laughs> like, I, I have to check that just to make sure. And then, yeah, like you said, Jason, you know, obviously he's been passed up by a few guys, but really not that many. I mean, 10th all time. I, I, I don't think if I told anybody to name the top 10 guys in the NBA that I, I feel like fairly surely they'd be able to get, you know, a lot of I do not think anybody would give me Dan Issel. Unless they were from Denver or Dan Issel himself. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I really just do not think that that many people would say, yeah, of course Dan Issel's like a top 10 all-time ABA and NBA, like, score. It, it's just, it's hard to fathom. Especially when you see the guy play, too. You, you know what I mean? Like, he has a very interesting kind of rugged style. As you said, really good shooter for his size. Um, master the head fake as well. He was so good at, at getting to the paint and then just head faking a bunch of times. A guy would jump eventually, and that's how he would score. But, yeah, it's, it's very... It's not it's it's not really rugged and it's not very finesse. It's just kind of weird. It's like clunky. I I don't know. It's it's very odd that he was able to get as many points as he was. So he uh, he wrote an autobiography in the '80s, like right after he retired. And I was I was checking that out earlier this week, and I love this phrase he he uses to describe himself. He he says that I was a short, slow white center with an eighth grade head fake. <laughs> and I just thought that was awesome. I was like, yes, absolutely. That's him. And, and, um, you know, I was, I was reading some, somebody else said, I can't believe the head fake works. And it, you know, like you mentioned, Rich, it seems like every time and no one's jumping in the air after it, but it would just get guys enough off balance that he could, he could go by them or over them. And, you know, he did, he just had a very, um, a very, you, you do it. You used a great term. They're very kind of clunky game. He wasn't pretty. He rarely, you know, he's one of those guys, I think, that at the end of the game, you look and all of a sudden he put up, you know, he scored 24 points and had 10 boards. And you're like, when the hell did he pull down? You know, when did he do that? And he just didn't really stand out. It, it You know, it's not exciting dunks or, or you know, big three-pointers. He was kind of the king of the mid-range and the pump fake and the the layup. And he just, he didn't, he didn't impress. But he, but the numbers he puts up are crazy. Yeah, he actually, in an SI quote, it's funny that you mentioned that. Another SI quote, he goes, he says, um, here's his quote about the pump fake. He says, it's the worst fake in the history of basketball, and it works every time. I can't believe anybody goes for it. (laughs) So, I mean, a little self-deprecating, but maybe not the worst fake in history. But, yeah, no, it's certainly not something that, like, like we'll see guys, and we've talked about guys that just have unbelievable ways of of faking people out or getting people jumping. And he's really not. He just kind of, like, moves his head up, and for some reason, people jump, and he's Got a point every single time. He's also, any highlight video you watch, he's always on the floor. He's always falling. He's, like, taking charges. He's, like, going for rebounds over guys. Like, like, clunky is pretty much the best way that I could describe his entire game. It's just he's just always on the floor, always running into guys, just doing stuff like that. He did seem to have a nose for the ball. I mean, and the the way that he kind of moved, the way he kind of cut, the way he's able to, like, he he sets these really subtle screens. Um, Very subtle screens. That was something in all the highlights that I watch. It's, like, you see him kind of walking up slowly. It's, it's, like, in today's modern game, like, you see it all time and you really just kind of think okay that's nothing but yeah he's, he's kind of like walks up to the guy and then just dives right away and he's always open yeah just some really good movement with and without the ball well he also didn't really play with a, a top flight point guard either you think about those denver teams and they had great wing scorers but he never had anybody he's working the pick and roll with or you know you think of the uh some of the guys that are ahead of him on that list the the Moses Malones of the, or the, the Carl Malones of the world, he didn't have a John Stockton giving him the ball. The, the Nuggets were notorious for just having horrible point guards 
for much of the early 80s, you know, with the with a few exceptions, but he didn't have anybody feeding him the ball in in perfect position. So he's working and he's diving and he's uh he really scrapped his way to those points. You leave Rob Williams out of this. <laughs> he was a fine point guard. Yeah, they really don't. It's really just don't don't look at their point guards. It's it's really bad. He, he only. I think one year Alex English led the team in assists, so that can tell you just <laughs> as much as you need to know about the point yeah. guard play of the Nuggets. So. Well, luckily with the pace that they played, there was a lot of opportunities <laughs> right. for uh, you know true. everyone got a chance to to eat there at, in right. Denver. So yeah, was he on that team that scored was 180? 180 some in, in 83 he must have been on that team then yeah, right? he was yeah, on team. yeah the, the pistons yeah the, the the famous the highest scoring game of all time the pistons and the nuggets yeah i believe it was 83 and um and that was still before the def- the uh pistons discovered defense so that's a that's a crazy <laughs> game to watch when he i mean at the time then he's so he's so he's a 35 year old scrappy clunky white slow can't jump center on a team <laughs> that scores 180 points that's that's crazy so what do the advanced stats say, Rich? Uh, advanced stats about uh, Doug Issel here. We got uh, comparisons to era and positions. So this is centers, uh, power forward centers. I, I try to do both. Um, and this is strictly NBA. I just wanted to kind of look at the NBA because, as we said, we're going to try to do that before we kind of add in the ABA afterwards. But, yeah, so this is strictly uh, NBA. I second in points per 36, uh, 58th in rebounds per 36, 26th in effective field goal percentage, 4th in win shares per 48, 4th in win shares total, and then 6th in value of replacement player. Uh, All-time, though, he he stacks up very well amongst like power forwards and centers. He's 5th all-time in points per 36. Uh, Unfortunately, rebounds, he gets passed up a lot, 226th in in rebounds per 36, uh, 93rd in effective field goal percentage, but he kind of picks it up here, uh, 14th in win shares per 48, 26th in total win shares, and then 29th in value over replacement player. So, obviously a great score not a great rebounder the shooting is is there but it's not quite as good but and one of the big issues there is he's a guy who's as adam said a lot of mid-range a lot of long-range stuff not always right around the basket so that'll hurt his you know effective field goal percentage there a little bit but overall he stacks up pretty well in win shares and value replacement and points i mean the points is prolific and we, we've talked about that so it's 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 there it's certainly there yeah. Now, does he get uh, bonus points since he uh, he he didn't have three of his front teeth and he looked like well, I think Bill Simmons calls him a vampire. A hideous when he, man. We pulled him out. Yeah. yeah. If you look at the pictures, these you know, does that give him <laughs> bonus points? Does that give him a bump there? Or? I, I, I mean, I don't know if this were the hockey top fifty, he probably would. But <laughs> I guess all the guys wouldn't have teeth if it's hockey. So you know, he's a pretty um, unfortunate looking fellow, I, though, I especially like, in his like final years. Yeah, uh, and then like when he was a, co- I, I was watching. They were showing on NBA uh, TV. They were showing the uh, the Nuggets uh, Sonics game for the Dikembe Mutombo Hall of Fame, and I saw. I, I completely forgot that he was, you know, that the Nuggets coached that, and it was just like, oh boy, he's an unfortunate fellow. Like, it's oh, he was a great nick- player. But he was nicknamed man. the horse. He was nicknamed the horse for a reason. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's uh, he's an unfortunate fellow. But there you go. Um. So Adam, anything to uh, to add? No, I think I think Issel's just he jumps out of the jumps off the page with his scoring, and I think that uh, that again, this is why I really like this list is because before before uh, before talking and, and digging into those advanced stats, that you don't kind of think of Issel, but I think that uh, I think he definitely has a case. Just you know, sheerly top ten in 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 scoring in basketball in pro basketball history, I think has to merit at least some attention there. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I think it. You know, we we've talked in other episodes about just you know, there's so many great big men, and it's 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 tough to crack that list. Um, but he definitely. I mean, I you know, he definitely has some merit. There's no question. Yeah, he's on the fence for me. I I, I would have to really. 
Yeah, and I guess when we get to that final list, we'll kind of look at it. But yeah, for me, he's he's really on the fence. Not that he doesn't. I mean, there's there's obviously merit to him, but there's just so many guys on this list that it's it's tough. But then you like Adam, like you said, I mean, being top ten all time in points, and especially that he holds up with you know points per 100 possessions, which I didn't do there, but he holds up pretty well in there because you can kind of assume, oh well, he played on those Denver teams, so of course he like racked up a bunch of points or whatever. But it's really, I mean. Even just even NBA and even looking at like per 100 possessions and per 48 minutes and all that sort of stuff, he still stacks up really well as like an all-time great score. Like you can't take that away from him. That's definitely there. Yeah, for sure. So, so thanks, uh, thank you, Adam, for uh, joining us, and thanks everyone for uh, checking us out. You can find our podcast at HarvardParoxysm.com. You can find it on the uh, HP Network iTunes feed or our own feed um, over and back NBA. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Over and Back NBA, and you can uh, check out, uh, do discussion of any of the players that we talk about or any interesting NBA topic you, that you're interested in is at uh, OverandBackNBA.com. So thanks, everyone, for checking us out. We're back in soon. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.